Good evening and welcome to the Red Print Podcast brought to you by the Polk County Young Republicans. I'm your host, Hunter Bransner, and tonight we're going to be talking to the PCYR president, Johnny DeJesus. Uh, we're going to get into some really fun topics and uh, find out why he decided to be uh, on the, I guess you could say, the right side of history. Uh, we'll get right with you. All right, welcome back, guys. Uh, let's just hop right on into it. Uh, Johnny DeJesus, president of the Polk County Young Republicans. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. How about yourself, Paul? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. It's uh, it's good to have you on. You know, we're excited to hear what you have to say. And know you have told me a little bit of your personal story, a little bit of your history. But uh, definitely want the rest of the, the world to know, you know, how it is to be a conservative and, you know, sometimes what it takes and what you have to go through to open your eyes, you know? So, uh, let's just get right into it, man. What, what caused you to switch? Uh, well, um, I would say the reason that caused me to leave the democratic party is because I realized the type of hypocrisy that the party really, um, stood up for, um, as far as, you know, what they like to say that they support the agenda that they like to, you know, put out there is not particularly exactly how they may personally, believe, you know, act towards those certain individuals, right? You know, in the Democratic Party, um, I have been called, you know, homophobic. I have been called, I've been called, you know, not Hispanic enough. You know, I've been saying that I've been told that, you know, I don't know about what's going on with, you know, in Hispanic culture, because I may look, you know, black, or I may have been told that I don't know what goes on in black culture because I'm Hispanic and, you know, so forth and so on. And, you know, that's not what the Democratic Party is supposedly supposed to stand for right that's supposed to, it's supposed to be the, exactly the party of tolerance the party of inclusivity and the party of diversity it's funny how that the party that the media and the liberals like to bash as racist as fascist as homophobes is the party that was more willingly to take me in and not treat me any different than anybody else, right? Not once, not once have I been called a homophobe or been called, you know, any type of, you know, slurs. You know, I am a Hispanic gay man and being a Republican, I face, you can you can say that I can face a lot of discrimination, but you may believe that I don't face that from conservatives. I don't face that discrimination from Republicans. I get that from the Democratic Party, right? And what kind of instances, I guess, would cause... I guess the backlash, because you know the, the typical saying that we get as as conservatives, or you know just for call a party line, uh, as Republicans, uh, you know we're the old white party that only has boomers in it. That the only thing that they do is just look back at immigrants, at the young people, uh, anybody that really looks different to them. You know, we're there's the ones that are supposed to be attacking. You know, and then you don't get that when you come in what is something that really just pops off or a good example of when it happened to you in the Democrat party? So a, a really good example would be, so when I was still in, I guess, in the midst of me figuring out, you know, my, my sexuality and stuff like that, instead of where I would, instead of, you know, having that support system that they would say that they offer, to those, you know, members of the LGBT community and everything like that, I saw the complete opposite, right? They saw that, well, you shouldn't be, you know, hidden from your true self or you should be. See, I'm the type of person that 
even though I'm a gay man, if you see me in the in the streets, you wouldn't know I'm gay. I'm a gay man because I don't have to be waving rainbow flags and you know wearing wearing tassels and spandex and this then the third just to show that I'm gay. Me being gay does not define me. So that's what the Democratic Party wants, right? They wanted me being gay to define who I was, my personality, the way that I act. And in addition to me being Hispanic, they wanted that as well. So they wanted me to be more Latino. They wanted me to be, you know, be... Whatever that means. Exactly. (laughs) You know, how do you be more Latino? I am fluent in Spanish. I'm born in Puerto Rico. How more Latino can that be? Both of my parents are Puerto Rican. How much of a card do I need to sign off? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So... You know, that was the instances from the Democratic Party on one of the reasons why I really left them, because they like to spew equality. But when I needed someone to treat me as an equal, they were not there. Right. When they would say that Republicans, you know, they hate LGBT people, they hate, you know, Hispanics, they hate blacks and everything like that. But then you come to realize that people in the Democratic Party do, too. So it's not just the Republican side. It's also the Democratic Ignorance side. Ignorance is uh, everywhere in exactly. reality. Exactly. You cannot just blame the views of just a few and then blame the entire party off of the views of just those little few people, right? And that's what is consistently being brought up. And that is exactly what the media does is that they, they vilify the Republican Party and conservatives for their views because they like to stand up and say what's on their minds. Right. And that's one of the reasons on why I also left the Democratic Party, because I decided that I was no longer going to be drinking the Kool-Aid. Right. But I was going to stand up and I was actually going to start speaking my mind and saying what I believed in. And I wasn't going to let me being gay, being Hispanic, define who I was, because I am a conservative individual who has my belief and my views. And I'm going to say it loud and proud. And I'm not going to let nobody tell me any type of differently. You've been watching a good amount of Charlie Kirk and Candace Owens, man's (laughs) man's off the plantation, as they would say. That's that's exactly right. You, you never really want to have anything but yourself. You never want to be in, in a position where it's the collective over the individual. Mm-hmm. You know, um, as being a Latino man as well, you sit here and say, am I Latino enough? You know, am I am I enough to to check off the boxes for the, for the left, you know, am I enough to, to prove to you, you know, it's not enough that, you know, you have a, a citizenship. It's not enough that you speak the language. It's not enough that you know enough about the culture. It's, it's truly comes down to, do you vote the way that you're supposed to, the way you look, the way you speak, the way your citizenship is, do you vote the way that we demand? And if mm-hmm. you don't, you're not X, Y, Z enough. You know, if in your instance, you're not, you're not gay enough. You didn't vote for the party that, you know, wants all the LGBT, LGBT and alphabet mafia yeah. style stuff for, you know, you're, you're, you're not gay enough. I'm sorry. You can't be a part of the club. And, and, and honestly, you, you see that not just in your instance, but all over the country. I mean, give me another example of that kind of, I mean, not just to your the LGBT side, but like any other instances, because it's, it's almost unheard of. You know, a lot of times the media doesn't cover it. You know, we know it happens, but mm-hmm. no one really comes out and says it, you know. So give us something else, man. I mean, just really bear down because I, I, we love See, hearing this. This is kind of like an example of like the other the, – uh, a couple of days ago we met with Senator Kelly Stargell. And one of the things that she was also says is that she, you know, even though she votes conservative, you know, through and through, she, she votes on what she believes in as a mom, on what she would do as a mom, as a parent, right? She, she, she judges her decisions off of the next generation and what the, how it's going to affect the next generation, right? So that's one of the same things that I do, right? So I usually, what I... 
See, what I usually do is I vote based off the decision that I feel it's going to affect, you know, what's going to be the better for the next future, right? So um, during the 2018 election, um, I, I was a campaign manager for a individual who was running for Congress, Congressional District 15. Um, he was running as a Democrat. I was his campaign manager. Um, he was the only law enforcement officer um, running in the field. He was also a, a veteran. Um, and, you know, uh, I ended up, and I ended up learning, you know, about more other candidates and more local officials. And so one of the candidates was uh, Martha Santiago. She's one of our city commissioners here in Polk County. Um, and so I got very, I, you know, got very familiar with her, you know, through the uh, candidate that I was managing at the time. And, you know, got to speak with her a few, you know, a few instances. And I really supported her stance. You know, she, she ran as a Republican. Um, and, you know, I really supported a lot of the things that she was saying and she wanted to do for the county. Now, I made my support for her publicly. And immediately from that point on, I, at the time, was also serving as the president of the Polk County Young Democrats. Immediately, there was opposition. I started having people start questioning decisions as far as my leadership in the organization. I was started having people in, uh, talk to uh, the candidate that I was managing about how, they, uh, how I shouldn't be the campaign manager that he should have because he was running on a progressive platform and I was too conservative for him. What does that even and, mean, you know? <laughs> you know, those are, those are the things that started happening when immediately as I started supporting now – Martha Santiago is her her she is you know a conservative woman and she's also Puerto Rican and her stance for Polk County in, in in a whole was so intriguing and not only that it was going to be for the betterment of everyone in Polk County right so her platform wasn't just to push a conservative agenda it was to benefit Polk County and that's what I saw but all they saw was party line that's that's the main issue that we run into um, I guess in politics in general. Um, but as a, as a youth group, what we tend to see because, you know, the youth doesn't really get part participate in, in politics, you know, um, what we don't see is anybody really digging into the, the platform. No one's really digging into the policies. No one's really digging into who the candidates really are. You know, when we got to talk, uh, Senator Kelly Sargil, it's a cool little moment. You, you're sitting get you know, across with somebody who was on budget committees, who was, you know helping vote in deep ports in, in, in Florida, helping bring down the budget. I mean, helping pro-life stances. You never really get to hear their side of things. You never really get to feel what, you know, what they really, really think about the situation because they're always behind that veil, you know. And then you do something like you did, which was do a little campaign managing, go meet another candidate. The other candidate has something that you like. You go, huh? Well, that might be something that I might be interested in, that, or that might be something that would actually benefit our party, or might just benefit us. Mm-hmm. Again, we're in again whole point of this. We're young Republicans. We're young conservatives. We're people that are supposed to be moving the goalposts in the right direction. Yeah. Now the the question is, what is the right direction, right? Mm-hmm. That's why you have the left. That's why you have the right. That's why you have your NPAs, your independents, everybody like that. And at what point is it good enough? You know, and that's what we're always fighting for. What What's good enough? What's the right direction? But the second you take one step, one step out of party line, all of our generation goes, well, you have no idea what you're talking about. There's no independent thought. It's all groupthink. You know, you, the second you start even questioning, this happens in the right wing as well. The second you start saying, well, you know what? 
they might be on to something. Maybe the way they're going about it is wrong, but maybe there's something that we need to really think about. Yeah. You know, um, just for our generation's purposes and thoughts, you look at the medical marijuana issue. Mm-hmm. Free college. Free, or free college, exactly. You know, this, <laughs> you know universal health care. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of topics that – that we could get behind, but the problem is how are we going to get there? And the it, thing is, they can't come with a sensible plan on how we're going to get there. All they could do is use attack, attack, attack. That's the thing, right? We send $70 billion to Ukraine, but we can't feed the homeless. Exactly. And, and, you know, you know, as a conservative, you don't want to go and say, well, let's just start giving handouts to everybody. But if we're going to start handing out $70 billion to Ukraine just for S&Gs, I'd rather be paying the vet down the street that, you know, doesn't have any place to go. Exactly. You know, I'd rather take care of our own people. Again, may not be a conservative stance, but it's something where you go, okay, I can at least look across the party line and let's debate it. Let's talk yeah, about let's it. Yeah, let's figure this out, right? And e- again, even if it's something we don't agree with, it's still something we're like, bring it to the table, let's talk about it. But like in your instance, the second you bring something to the table that's contrary uh you know opposite whatever term you want boom you get attacked See, and then the thing about it is you know and then because this is things that are happening and, and you know in certain circumstances right because like i got like i said you know conservatives you know youth nowadays we want the free college we want the universal health care we want to, and there have been moments in time where there have been legislators who have proposed bills that can be toward to achieving, you know, uh, free college or achieving universal health care or achieving all these liberal, you know, agenda goals. But that's also the thing is that when these legislators that could be cons- considered conservative, they propose these bills. And then when they're in committee, they get killed in committee. Why? Because it's not a liberal agenda, right? It's not a liberal agenda. So why be, so the liberals want to take also credit for these certain things that these certain legislations that conservatives could have easily passed, but they Democrats go ahead and in committee, they'll kill it because it's part of their agenda. They want to make that happen. They want to take credit for free college and universal health care and all that stuff. Let's not let the Republicans take that credit. That's going to make them look too good, right? We have, we have worked so hard for the last 20 years on diminishing and breaking down the Republican name and making these Republicans look like the dark villains in the, in, you know, in the Marvel movies, right? That's what they've been working so hard to make us out there. So when we try to do things that are right for the American people, they're like, no, we can't do that because that's our agenda. That's what we want to do. And then what they go ahead and do, they go on they go on the media, they go on CNN, they go on MSNBC, and they're like, well, Republicans aren't doing enough. Republicans don't care about the American people. A great a great example of this is uh, actually Matt Walsh on the uh, male and female debate, you know, who, what is a man, what is a woman. And uh, <laughs> over in Britain, they have uh, – the, they're feminists and they're they're big leftists, but this is actually a staple for them. Is what's a, what is a man and what is a woman, and the problem they're having is Matt Walsh because the guy is I mean almost spotless when it comes to his uh, his just speech, his, the way his demeanor, like the way he handles the debates on that topic, is impeccable. Like the guy is insane. Like he he can really break any argument you have down on the left, reduce it down to its, I mean, basic, basic building blocks, and then then tear you down. So not only does he tear you down systematically, he then takes your foundation and just destroys it. The leftist feminist in Britain, who have the same view as him, 
don't want him to get the credit. They don't want him to be the one that's getting focused on. In fact, their main leader said, why is he the one that's uh, pushing for this? Why is he the one that is showing up in the in the debate? This is a leftist uh, staple. This is a, a leftist feminist point. This is exactly what, you know, we built this. But that's exactly it. It's like, we, this is us. This is our thing. You guys can't have it. It's like, hold on a minute. Just because you guys bring up a point and we go, hmm, there might be some war there. There might, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. But, like, let's go ahead and think about it. And then that also goes to show you how far left and how exactly. far radical the Democratic Party has gone, right? How far, you know, they, at this point we're on the brink of socialism, right, in this country. We're, we're toting the line you, so you thin. You know, because look at, the, look, look at what you just said. You know, the liberal party in the U.K., you know, that's made the, the feminist movement that's supposed to be a liberal wing in the UK has even more conservative views in our own Democratic Party here. Now, this is the other thing about it, right? You know, being a long, being a, a Democrat for a long time, you know, this is also the, one of the things that you see a lot. And this is what happens with a lot of those career politicians or one of those, you know, those uh, Democrats that used to be considered Southern liberals or, you know, the more conservative, you know, they end up getting opposed and have people get ran against them in the primaries because now they're trying to find bipartisanship and try to work with the other side. But what do the progressives want? They don't want that because they want to go ahead and they want to take us so far left into a socialist country that they don't want to even have any type of bipartisan negotiation with the conservatives or even have any liberals in their wing that's even considered slightly conservative. They talk about Look fashion. at Joe Manchin. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Look at Joe Manchin <laughs> right now, right? Like currently right now, all the conservative, all the conservative Democrats that are going to be up for re-election right now are very, very weak right now. They are very, very weak right now because... In the, if, if they even make it through their election, it will be by the grace of God that they win their re-election. Because what's going to happen is, is that Democrats and dark, dark money is going to go ahead and it's going to find the most socialist, most progressive liberal like in Adam that Newsom's. state and is going to fund, 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 fund. But then what's going to happen is, is that they're going to end up creating another act blue page to get grassroots donations so that they can make it seem like all their money is coming from the people. But then behind the scenes, their money is really coming from lobbyists and from a bunch of dark money and from, from the pharm pharmaceutical companies. And, and, everything and you like know, that. well, it's funny that you talk about that because it kind of ties in to one of our next topics, which really goes into in the economy and inflation. But also going back to the original point, they don't want anybody to disagree with them. And if you do, they scream out fascist, they scream mm -hmm. out bigot, they scream out homophobe, they scream out any ism, any any act that they could, you know, to attack you. But in doing that, they're 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 the fascists. They're the ones that try and sh shout you down. They try and brown shirt you. They show up in mobs. They show, I mean, you, you know, Turning Point USA. Mm -hmm. Steven Crowder. I mean, mm -hmm. when Steven Crowder goes out and does his change my mind, he's got to have security, not because he likes it and has a power trip. It's because the guy is just gets, a man who just has an opinion. Yeah, he, he just goes out and debates college kids, and he gets his signs taken, his co hot copies thrown on him, smoothies, smoothies chucked at him. I mean, people trying to come up and flip the table. People have tried to punch him. Like this guy, all he's doing is saying, "I believe this. Come change my mind." Just talk, just rhetoric. But then, oh, but he's a fascist for that. 
but the real fascist was the one coming down and literally trying to stop him by force. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for force equally coming back against him, they wouldn't. He wouldn't be able to have any opinion. Yeah. And and that's what the left is. And then when you start taking that that kind of mantra of the left of we're going to do what we want, we're going to destroy you, kind of what they're trying to do to Trump. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to destroy you as much as we possibly can and then ramrod whatever we want, regardless of if it's actually good or not for the for the public, whether or not it's actually going to future our generation, yeah, push know, because, our generation you know, on. And, and, and to speak, you know, a little bit to add on to that as far, you know, you know, and I can, and I, and I will say it, you know, I'll be completely honest. I was one of those individuals who was brainwashed and I hated, you know, President Trump. You know, I was brainwashed to hate President Trump because I was told that he did this and he did that and how he treated women and how he hated gay people and this and the third. And, you know, first openly uh, supporting gay presidents too. For the the first two years of his presidency, I, I just despised that man. And then around the third year, I'm like, huh, well, I don't think. He, he, has, he hasn't done a bad job. So what is all this that I'm hearing? And then that's also around the same time that I started ha- speaking out more towards my conservative views. And then the Democrats are like, yeah, no. like You you stepped out of line. Yeah, that was a problem. That, that, that's yeah. a problem, right? So you can't be you know, agreeing with what Trump is saying nowadays. But I'm like, but what he's saying, it's make, it makes sense. If right? there's any so, truth, and this is the fun part, you know, the fun part of comedy. You know, they always say comedy is the last bastion of truth, but comedy is they always have a joke they always have the punchline but the fun part about comedy and the punchline is that there's truth to it there's always a little bit of truth to something and unfortunately truth no matter where you stand will always make you question something it will always make you want to sit there and go well hold on a minute what you just said funny or what you might say be harsh or hey that might actually hold some truth to it but let's think about it now. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem with the left is it's mob rule. You have to think the way we're thinking. You have to act a certain exactly. way. If you do not support our economic policies, if you don't deal the way we deal with uh, with social issues, if you are uh, going to question how we have 17% See, inflation Democrats? right now, you're, you're just you're – just, uh, you're just a KKK member. Mm-hmm. You're just a proud boy. You're just a January 6er, which – Again, that in and whole self is a whole hoax, and 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 they're just riding on that for the next election. Mm-hmm. But what were you going to say? I'm sorry. About no, that. no. Well, basically, what I was saying that basically is just that the Democrats, what they want, they don't want constituents, they don't want supporters, they want props, they want puppets. That's what they want. They want someone that they can control, Joe Biden. that they can use, and that they can use for photo ops and say, "Hey, look at me! I did something good for the young people, or for this community, or for this demographic because it checked my diversity box, right?" That's what they do. They don't want to have people actually, they don't care about what young people go through because if they actually cared about what people our age were going through right now, half of the stuff that's going on currently right now wouldn't currently be happening. The economy, the way that it is right now, how does that benefit young people? How does that benefit the future? It is hurting us even more. We were already struggling prior to, you know, prior to the uh, Joe Biden's presidency. We're just trying to do a little better under Trump. And now here we go back over to where now people within our age group are having to, you know, having to reduce to having to use drugs and opioids and all this other stuff and committing suicide and having mental depression and all this other stuff because they can't 
you know, they can't, you know, see a future for themselves in this country because they have to, they have to keep fighting whether or not they're going to either be afford, uh, be able to afford food to put on their table or to pay their bills or to put gas in their car just to even be able to get to work. And, and you know, th- that's a great point. That's a phenomenal point you just made, which was if they really cared about what was going to happen with the, ne- with the future, they'd stop. If they really cared about not checking off boxes, they really cared about the kids. Again, this is the, the Red Print podcast and blog. The, the main, it, the main focal point we have is trying to push the youth and grow the youth in, in a conservative way. Mm-hmm. But with the media pushing, and every, you know, left owns the media. You know, we had Fox with Tucker, I guess, for a little bit. But even then, now it's kind of like, eh, they're, where are they going to go? You know, the five yeah, kind of yeah. dip. There's not much. There's no one. There's nothing left to really push the youth forward and, and show them a conservative light. And then hopefully we can attack that. But going back to your point, which was if they would realize the damage they're doing, they'd stop. Perfect example with, uh, I believe it's Title 42. I, I don't want to mess up the number, but I believe it's Title 42 where essentially anybody, any immigrant can just basically walk into the country. And this is essentially what they're doing. They give them, they're paying for phones and then say, hey, here's a phone. Uh, and here's your court date. Some of these court dates are in 2027. Mm-hmm. Um, that just came out today. These are these are the people that are going to come in. Now, if you're a young person, if you're a Democrat and you're hearing this, oh, yes, immigrants are coming in. Our family, my mom's an immigrant. Your parents are immigrants, right? I mean, Puerto Rico, but Florida and Puerto Rico are a totally different mm-hmm. places. You know what I mean? If you hear as a Democrat, oh, they're letting the immigrants in. But then they say, by the way, we're replacing your job with an automated automated kiosk. Well, why is that? Yeah. Well, because those people are coming here and doing the cheaper jobs because they're capable of coming to cheaper jobs. And this is an old Republican issue where we want to be capitalists but also have cheap labor. Mm-hmm. You know, So they always let immigration in. But now we have all these people coming pouring in. As a minority, which is, again – one of the most, you know, whichever minority you want to pick and choose, whichever identity you want to click off or check off, you're the disparaged one. Only the white people are going to be okay. If you're a black man, if you're a Latino woman, if you're an Asian man. You are more likely to use your job. Well, when it's not just lose your job in just the whole atmosphere, but all the immigrants coming up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if jobs are well, being, yeah, no, and being taken, I mean. you're more, oh, you're more I likely to be replaced by exactly. those individuals. You know, then wages are going to be drove, drove exactly. down because there we have a class of people, a socioeconomic class of yeah. people that are just coming up that aren't having the skills. The United States brings in a million people a year legally, but of the general population of those that come in, typically it's most countries, upper low class, middle class. And what that is is some people that bring skills. Some people who are trying to make it, but they have something to contribute to the society. The United, United States never gets rid of its non-skill set people because we constantly have a floodgate of illegal immigration. And this is it right here. Anybody who is going to come in is going to have lower wages, is going to have less of a chance of having a job because they're competing against people who are willing to take a lower wage. Crime rates go up. Drug offenses go up. Murders go up. It's like if they cared. And and, and, and let me tell you this. You know, the Democrats have been in power before we went ahead and the Republicans took over the House, you know, in the last election. 
you know, Democrats were in power for about two years when Joe Biden took over as president. They did nothing, absolutely nothing. Within that two years, within that within that two years span, they could have done so many things that could have benefited the American people and benefit the young people of this country. You know, if they had an immigration plan in place, that was their entire leeway to try and create something and work with the Republicans on the other side of the aisle to create a strong immigration reform plan. Finish but the wall, didn't. something. Yeah. But they didn't. Now, currently, right now, I don't know if you heard, but now we have a surplus of equipment to build the wall, and Republicans are saying either use it or get rid of it. Sell it. Do right? something, yeah. Do something with it, but Democrats don't want to do anything with because it. Because that would so, be that would be bipartisan. That exactly, would be working with somebody. Exactly. And that's the thing that they don't want. So and then going toward you know, going towards the, the, the immigration part is that, you know, once again they had this an ample amount of time to create real legislation to to go and, you know, look at what look at what the our Florida legislature has done, right? Our Republican-controlled Florida legislature has passed a robust conservative agenda here, has also passed the strongest anti-immigration bill in the across the whole entire country, right? These are things that when Republicans are in office and they're in charge, they get things done. When Democrats are in office, they don't get anything done. Two years, they I, had I, an opportunity I, and did nothing. I would make the counter-argument, actually. I would, I would say... Democrats get a lot done when they're in office because they do usually do have a large majority. But what they do is things that take you, you know, the typical, I take one step forward, two steps back. They're the two steps back part. Mm -hmm. This is the first time in Florida. I shouldn't say the first time, but this is in recent history where Florida has a Republican supermajority that bulldozed. I mean, most conservative topics that you possibly could get. We hit immigration. We hit uh, pro-life stances. Mm -hmm. We hit... Uh, tax relief, we hit, um, I don't know, I said gun rights already. I mean, we hit so many areas where typically, you know, they argue bipartisanship. This is one, this one's all on the right wing now, where, yeah. whether for, for win or for falter, this is finally one where the, the Florida legislature, at least the Republican Florida legislature, can come in and say, we played your game. We, as the Democrats would say, ramrodded mm -hmm. our our views forward and guess what florida is getting it, people are flocking to florida polk county you know where we're based out of fourth most moved to county in, in the country yeah land is land is relatively cheap mm -hmm. again well relatively you know relatively. housing is relatively cheap land uh living costs are down all you know anything that would be good to live and raise a family in florida has got the place is moving up mm -hmm. our education under uh, Ron DeSantis, our education was like what, twenty seventh or thirty seventh. It was like bottom tier. It was like bottom of the barrel. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was nothing really to look at. Now we have school choice, and we have incentives for more teachers to come in, whether they're first responders, vets. They have now. They're putting in scholarships to, to go ahead and get whoever wants to be a teacher to actually go into college and you know help them out and support them financially. Mm -hmm. Florida's what seventh in the country now yeah it it's amazing what happens when you let republicans do not just the work not just the the legislation but do what is good for the next generation mm. that in and of itself takes care of all the problems looking at the immigration thing perfect example perfect tie-in we're still shipping people up to martha's vineyard we're still <coughs> excuse me we're still shipping people out we got more money 
to do that now. They got funding to literally get anybody who's not mm-hmm. E-Verify or not out this weekend. I saw Univision uh, channel, and they're on the border between uh, Georgia and Florida. Mm-hmm. And yeah. all you see is just the caravans yeah, of people leaving. Cars. Oh, it's hilarious. And they're and I say it's hilarious because all these people are sitting on the sitting essentially on the Florida Georgia border complaining about the Republicans saying, "Well, we were working and they took away our jobs." Well, you weren't. You didn't have a job. You were occupying a job. That was not yours in the first place. You're in this country illegally. Imagine if, and this is this is the, the, the how far in dystopian we've gotten. The picking the fields, the cleaning, the cleaning houses, the custodial jobs, the lawn care, the I mean, literally anything you want to go stereotypical immigrant thing here in Florida, or on the, in the south on the southern border. High school kids used to do that. High school kids used to do the summer jobs. They used to do the custodial stuff. They it but used to be low school moms, part time parents that weren't even able to you know have exactly jobs yeah. or had like little side you know hustles on, on you know little side hustles. They were able to you know do those jobs. And now you know it was funny that I saw uh, uh, a video the other day of a young lady talking about how now look at all these uh, unfinished business, all these unfinished construction sites, and all these. Jobs are now, you know, people are now going to not be able to uh, get things done because all these jobs are, you know, uh, are open now. Good. Because now these are jobs that we can go and give to the American people. These are jobs that are people. These are people in the United States don't have that don't have. Right. There are so many people out there that are currently right now jobless that can't still find a job or they're trying to or, or they're still trying to get used to the whole lockdown situation that they try to impose onto us. Right. So. Those are jobs that people can get back and get back to work. Don't have to continue living off of these socialist programs, giving off of, living off of welfare. They can now go back to work. They can go back to getting construction jobs, going back to going into the citrus fields, going and working the you know the labor jobs, construction jobs, and all these stuff like that. Because once again, those jobs are meant for American citizens. And, and, and a byproduct of that, and I love that you said those jobs are made for American citizens. I, I say, if you're supposed to be here, if you're supposed to be here, and again, that's coming from family, you know, my family members being from another country. They came here right. Most of the money stays. And let me explain or unpack what that means. Do you know what remittances are? Uh, yes. Yeah. So if you look at Mexico, it's like there's some – people that use the high estimate of close to 10%. I think it's a little bit high, but we'll go with the safe one. We'll go with the low one. Like 3% of Mexico's GDP Mm -hmm. is remittances. It's people from the United States sending money back to their country. That means that our money is so powerful. Our jobs are so powerful. Our economy is so powerful that we're funding another country's economy just by, just through, you know, the Walmart Dollar charge thing. The craziest part about it is that they have a better economy than we do. And and, and, and I mean that in a sense towards they are able to work, pay their bills, still have money left over, have low gas prices, and do whatever the heck they want while American citizens are suffering. Right? So our money. they're, They're living essentially off of anything that we suffer in goes to them because they end up getting the. The cheaper labor, they end up getting the work. It's basically, an extended welfare program. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's it, but that that's what I find interesting is as a Democrat or let let's say you know nothing about the situation and I and I mm-hmm. reduce this this whole point down to let's with e verify because we'll we'll you know mm-hmm. we'll keep it e verify because that's new. Twenty five. If you have a company of twenty five or more, you have to use e verify. Now the left will always say it's oh it's it's so uh it's inconsistent. It's not reliable. Yada yada. Okay. You weren't saying the same thing about Dominion voter systems when they weren't reliable, whatever. But we'll we'll leave that. <laughs> we'll leave that. Exactly. You know, let, let's say for all intents and purposes, the E-Verify is all right. Okay. You now have American citizens, Floridians. Mm-hmm. We'll keep it to Florida. Floridians who are taking their paycheck, spending their paycheck in Florida, mm-hmm. spending their paycheck in their own communities, mm-hmm. funding their families. And I know a lot of way people say that's a weird way to phrase it. And you're, as, as a parent, you're funding your family. You're trying mm-hmm. to find a way to put food on the table. Your local economy booms because let's say for, again, S&Gs, let's say $200 million a year, and that's way low. It's not even close. But let's say $200 million a year gets sent out of the country. Not only does our dollar decrease in value because the supply of our dollars in the world now. Mm-hmm. That money is not being used here. It's yeah. not being kept here. But you take that two hundred million dollars and keep it in the United in, in our local economies. That's two hundred million dollars in the state, mm-hmm. in the people's pockets. It essentially is it's a self generating system. You know, you don't want to call it word for word trickle down, but yeah. you can't have trickle down <laughs> if there's a big ass leak that's going to Mexico, exactly. Venezuela. Costa Rica, Brazil, hell, even Chile, you know, from my mm-hmm. parents from, it's, it's impossible to keep the system running when you are literally flooding your money out the other way. And I always make the, the point that immigration is probably the most important topic of our time because you're, I can't remember what date it was. I know, but by 2030, the Hispanic vote is going to be the largest oh, yeah. group. And, and, and if you're a Democrat. What's the greatest possible way to get a large vote as a uh, you know future vote? Try to just let anybody yeah. in, you know, yeah, let everybody go. And they're gonna say, "Remember, Biden did this. The Democrats did this. Mm-hmm. When my mom came in in the in the '80s, there were people sitting at the airports, mm-hmm. going, Oye, la raza, vota con la raza.' It means vote, vote with with your race, with your, with your race. race, and it was." solely for Democrats mm-hmm. don't and people will say well that, that never happened why would you why would you lie about not something in 1987 you know there's yeah, no yeah, point yeah. but the whole point is they're trying to get you to vote by incentivizing you we'll give you free education if you vote for us we'll That's give you free is. we'll give you free food we'll give you more money to stay at home than go so to work a quid pro quo for the American people Exactly. That's what it is. It's like they, they you they bargain then they and they try to barter. We'll we'll do this for you if you do this to us. You make sure that we stay in power. We're gonna let you guys all come in and overflow our country and interfere in our elections. And you know this is why they don't want this is why they don't want uh, us to use. Um, they don't want IDs to be required when you when you when you're voting right when you go to voting precincts. They don't absentee want ballots were sent to everybody. You know, they want they want mail out ballots to go to everywhere, right? Don't get me wrong. I'm you know mail in ballots in my opinion are a convenient way if you're eligible to vote, right? Now if there there needs to be a more secure process, which in my opinion that needs to be personally delivered from a courier 
to your door, not just put in a mailbox or by a carrier from with someone who signs for you and can verify your identification at the door, just as though it was a regular package, right? That's how it should be done. And they would argue that that's too expensive. But my my thought to that, or my opinion to that, is what's more expensive, the future United States or the billions of tax bill, you know, billions of billions of taxpayer money that you're blowing on social programs. Well, use this as a social program, making sure that everybody is verified. You mm -hmm. know, it's amazing how when you say, all right, let's take your liberal stance. Let's use the taxpayer money. But when the taxpayer money is being used in a conservative way or a way to verify people or to keep things consistent. Oh, no, no. You're spending too much money. Mm -hmm. you, you're, you don't know what you're doing with money. You're you're not safe. The Republicans will only care about money. They only care about big business. They're not protecting your rights. Yeah. And all it is is verification. Um I want to move into a good topic here, and I, I think you're a, a really good person to talk to about this, but it's uh, it's education. Mm -hmm. um, our schools, like I said, Florida, we're, we're on the come up. Our, our colleges are, are doing well. University of Florida is, you know, <laughs> insanely good medical school, mm -hmm. engineering school. Yeah. Florida State's, you know, always been a big school, you know, big party school, but, yeah. you know, their yeah. law program's great. Florida's a hotbed right now, mm -hmm. right? What do you think has been, again, as a Democrat, you got to see this as you were growing up. What do you think is the biggest difference between Republicans and Democrats when it comes to education? Well, um, the one thing that I would definitely say the big difference from Republican and the Democrat is being able to have a say in how your child is educated on what type of education your child wants to receive, right? See, I don't have the, you know, the, the fortunate luck of being a parent yet, but see, I have a lot of friends and a lot of family members who are, you know, uh, parents currently right now, and they have a young, they have a bunch of young children. And so I would ask them as far as like, how would they believe they would like their, you know, how would they, how would they believe they would like their children's future to be, you know, would they prefer to have a say in their child education or would they prefer for it to be dictated by bureaucrats and, you know, at the city council or in the uh, school, school board, board yeah. right? You know, and, and, and I'll give you, I'll give you a better example towards how, how unfortunate not having the opportunity to choose your child's education, right? Here, so yeah. when me and myself growing up, you know, I, there, there, I grew up in Orlando, Florida, and there was two high schools. And, you know, one high school was, you know, each high school, they all have, like, different types of specialty. You know, some high schools have science specialties. Some have civic specialties or government. Some have performing arts specialties, yada, yada, yada. So there was a specific school that, um, that I wanted to go to that was um, primarily handled in performing arts. And, you know, they had a really good, you know, media production uh, department that handled video production, light staging and all that stuff. And I was really into that back Performing, then. you're just really that. singing any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, well, yeah, it was, mu it was musicians, all anything? that musician, orchestra, acting, theater, the whole nine, you know, it was a really great school. And, you know, um, and so my school, the school that I was enrolled in, uh, they were more civics-based, more government-based, which, you know, I appreciate because I asked for a lot of stuff that I learned today. Um, That's but, what keeps you in politics. Yeah, you know? yeah. But, you know, but I, growing up, I definitely wanted to go to that school. But see, the way that Orlando is set up, like very, like a lot of other counties and a lot of other cities out there, you know, they have districts. Right, they, they they divide the city into district. They'll put a high school and a middle school and an elementary in that district, and then everyone who lives in that district has to go to those three schools. Right, because this was what they want to push is 
educational equality for everyone across the board. It doesn't matter. Everyone gets the same. Everyone slate, gets yeah. the same equal opportunity as far as when it comes to education. And I understand that. Don't get me wrong. That's a good. It, it, it's a good thing. To, you know, it's a good idea. It's a good idea. It's for it's the masses. It's for well. the masses. And, and again, yeah, but Ke- Kelly Stargell said, uh, I hate to interrupt, but Kelly Stargell said something really good. Um, she said it's not really so much about if the school public school system is bad. It's about what's right for exactly. your kid, you know. Exactly, and that's and see, and that's where I, and that's where I'm trying to get at, Tori. It's just like it should be. It should be to what it's best for my kid, right? See, when I was, you know, I grew up part of my life or my childhood. I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and so I got accepted to the Cleveland School of the Arts growing up. And so, but it was too far from where I used to live, and so my mom couldn't take me to school. So when we lived in Orlando, the performing arts school that I wanted to go to was just 15, 20 minutes away. And so she was like, yeah, we'll get you enrolled into that school because, you know, my mom's, you know, it's not, not the very, issue anymore. Yeah. You know, but and she, you know, she's not, you know, she always thought she, she doesn't know too much about how, you know, everything, you know, the bureaucracy of things, you know, she just know that I have to sign my kid up into school and then he's just going to go to school. Right. That's how, that's how she thinks. I mean, it should you know, be, that's really. how it's simple. It should be right. So in her mind, she just thinks I'm going to go to this school, sign him up and he's going to go to school. Right. So, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. But then we go there. She, we do whatever it's for her to enroll me out of the current school that I'm in, take me to the other school. And then the other school tells me, well, no, you can't enroll him in here. I was like, why? Well, he's not from this district. What district? What are you talking about? We're in Orlando. Like, this is, we all live in Orlando. Oh, well, this is, then they started trying to explain this. She's like, well, that's a little bit ridiculous. So you're telling me my kid can't go to school here because he's not in a, in a district that I have no clue about when my house is literally. 15 minutes east of the school but the school that he goes to is just 15 minutes west from my house so you're telling me that that's the the difference why he can't come to this school yeah that's the difference why he can't come to this school so me being an indi- me being a young man who was growing up learning about media production, learning about cameras and learning about you know soundboards and all this stuff, kind of got cheated out of it, really. Basically, got cheated out of an opportunity to specialize in a field that I was really looking forward to having a future in, right? And there's a lot of kids out there who also be you know also miss those opportunities because they're having to get stuck in a school to where they can't you they can't you know they can't reach their full potential. Right. They're being left to having to be mediocre in where they're at because why? Because of equality across the board. And that's the main issue that we have. Um, Again, it's not the public school system is bad, but it's built for the masses. It's Mm -hmm. built for everybody. Right. You want to specialize in performing arts. Well, there's a performing arts school 15 minutes away. But, you know, you're going to have to stay at the civic school because um, we want your tax money. Every kid has a certain dollar amount that gets sent to them for from the state, federal government, you know, to educate the child. Mm-hmm. It's in the interest of that school, of that district, of that school board to keep you there. Mm-hmm. And one thing Steven Crowder says a lot of the times is if you took that money and essentially it wasn't a scholarship, if you tied it, that's the way he phrased it, if you tied it to the kid and anywhere he went or she went, that money would go with them. It'd be tied to them. You start seeing schools fail. And I really truly believe that because I personally hate hate the student or the teachers unions that essentially lobby so that bad teachers can't get begin you know, got rid of. Mm-hmm. So thank God this legislature allowed for more people who wanna teach to 
to be able to teach first responders, mm-hmm. vets, people who may have different life experiences, but different life experiences that may allow to teach kids better. I mean, yeah. if I have a military vet that, you know, let's say they're an officer, they have leadership qualities. Leadership in the classroom is something that we definitely skills. don't have. Yeah, discipline is that we don't have that anymore in a mm-hmm. lot of our classrooms. Not at all. Exactly. So why would I not want that? You know, so being able to essentially punish, I don't want to use a punish word because it's not probably the right word, but essentially to, to punish a district by removing that child's money or price tag and moving into a separate district because the parents are going to be the ones willing to sacrifice their the money to drive, sacrifice mm-hmm. the time to go get them, pick them up for sports, sacrifice whatever they got to sacrifice to get their kid into the education that they want. And I think that's a, should be up to the parent and not up to a district because you're going to start seeing the schools start changing to what parents want versus what they think yeah, is good for know, kids. Yeah, you because know, you know what sucks the most is being a Joe parent. Biden. That too. That too. <laughs> <laughs> Him too. Uh, but, you know, what sucks the most is being a parent, seeing this, you know, this life of joy that you brought into this world and that you want to give them everything you possibly can. And then when you're told no, you can't do something and it's something that's out of your control. You know how upsetting that is. You know how you know how how detrimental that all that could be to a, you know, a parent's, you know, self-esteem or how traumatizing that could be to a child. Oh, right. Course, yeah. Those those are things that once again, Democrats don't consider. They don't think about those things. They just think about pushing their liberal agenda, just getting it across. There, well, right? every minority, every uh, her, victim group, everybody else. Oh, well, they got their education. You should be happy that they, they got that their they education. Got their it's education. like, well, what about my education? Exactly. What, what about my kids' education? Exactly. Right? Like, and, it's just, and, and, and that's the thing that where I think about it, right? You know, when I have, you know, when I get, when I have the fortunate luck of being able to be a parent, I want to be able to take my kid and take, put them, give them the best education possible out there. Whether I'm having to pay, you know, half of my salary just to be able to get them that education. That's your I wanna, prerogative, though. That's my prerogative. That's what I want to do because I want to give my child the best. But if I'm being told no, because why? Because I should care about Cynthia, Martha, and Jim's kids too. Unfortunately. I'm sorry, but I don't care. They're not my kids. <laughs> They're not my They're kids. Not kids. I didn't do it. I didn't put the work in on bringing them in here, right? This is my kid. <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna focus on giving them the best in this world, right? So that's what I'm gonna worry about. And it, it kind of sucks where a lot of parents feel that way, and it's just like they just have to put their hands in the air and just be like, "Well, what can I do?" And, right? and you know, that's what happens with a lot of the curriculum. Is a lot late COVID as. As much of a sham, as much as they removed two years, essentially, of the world, you know, and locked everybody up, parents got to see what the schools were teaching their kids. Mm -hmm. Parents got to sit down and essentially listen to some of the garbage that was being taught. And you, you get to really get a feeling of, wait a minute. We have we have a you know like in a, a door you have the the eye the eye hole the eyesight hole the people or whatever it's like they actually have a little bit of a lens to see in what's being taught and they're raising their voices and then the, the democrat democratic party with the FBI the CIA mm-hmm. any you know three letter alphabet agency is saying well these parents are terrorists. These parents don't know what they're talking about. They we're not teaching CRT in schools. We're not teaching a uh, a trans agenda. We're not teaching any of that. And now you have parents coming out and saying, well, I'll find a way to 
homeschool my kids. Homeschooling has exploded over the country. I'll find a way to get my kid to a charter school mm-hmm. where the district can basically do jack squat. Mm-hmm. I'll find a way if I have to, like you said, pay half my freaking salary to get my kid into a, Christ- a Christian or private mm-hmm. or uh, Jewish or whatever boarding school. school whatever. Uh, boy, yeah, boarding school. Whatever they have to do to not have them, especially in liberal states. Thank God, Florida. Mwah, thank you, Jesus. Um, we have at least some people with some common sense that are allowing our mm-hmm. you know parents to take control of their kids' education. You don't have that all over the country. No. And that idea is a federal idea. It's an idea that everybody should be eating the same steak, cooked the same way, fed by with the same exact ingredients. But it doesn't matter if you got a food allergy. It doesn't matter if you like a medium rare one that's being mm-hmm. cooked, sent to you well done. It's like... I should be able to make that decision. Your parents should be able to make the decision. And now that parents are being able to see everything, dude, it's, it's World War Three out there. Yeah, no, and I mean, I feel like that's where a lot of parents nowadays are more forward supporting the, you know, uh, school choice, right? Because they're seeing what their children are being educated and they're seeing what their kids are learning. And not only that, they're seeing the incompetency of the administrators, right? They're seeing the accomplice of the administrators out there, the school boards and what they've been doing to basically indoctrinate the children, right? And a lot of t- a lot of a lot of parents are starting to stand up and they're starting to say, "Yeah, we're not going to let this happen to our kids." And I feel like a lot of more states, a lot of more counties should start adapting a school choice method because it's not just for what's best for the parent; it's for what's best for the kid, right? The kid, if there is an individual that if there if there is an 11 year old boy who has PT who has ADHD and who also suffers from dyslexia, he is not going to be able to get the proper education that he needs and the proper assistance in a classroom of 40 kids than he is going to be able to get in a classroom with 20 or 15 kids, right? You know, the teachers are going to be able to be to help more hands on and be able to get the, the 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 students the proper type of assistance that they need to be able to move forward and success in their educational futures. A hundred percent. Sorry, I got muted there. A hundred percent. If parents are in charge of their kids' education, what it primarily does, which liberals hate constantly, which is they remove their ability to make the decision. Not the parents. The parents are, are able to make the decision. Let me clarify. Not the not the government. Not not them. It's not about. And you can see this in the le- leftist doctrine, which is being spewed out by Biden, Kamala Harris, uh, Nancy Pelosi. There is no such thing as your child. It's, it's everybody's child. Excuse me. Like you said, you weren't in there doing the, the, the business. <laughs> exactly. The whole world wasn't in there doing the business. Exactly. It was uh, the, the taxpayers weren't in there. You know, cheering me on. Right. That's that's my kid. That is my decision. Is my family. And when you remove the ability for government to make the decision for you, all they have a meltdown, man. And typically that goes into the form of what we said earlier, which was the mob, the Mm -hmm. the Antifas, the the people attacking people. You get into cancel culture. And cancel culture, I think – I'm not saying we're done with it yet. I, I truly think the the right wing has. I don't learned. even think we're, we've we've even touched the tip of the spear. You, you really? I'm I'm thinking the Republicans or at least the true conservatives that are willing to take shots. Um, they they're starting to understand how these people operate, and I think even the moderate left. I mean, Bill Maher, for God's sakes, Bill Maher. That man is so far left, and yet he's starting to sound red-pilled. He's starting see, to sound base. And the thing is, it's and this is the reason why before that, 
is because people are starting to realize that what is happening is that there is just one consistent message being said that is just trying to just basically brainwash us all. I don't know. I don't know if you saw, but there was this, there was this, uh, another video. There was actually, I, I can't remember. It was, he was interviewing, um, I, I think I, I can't remember his name right now, but it, he was, he was, re, he was interviewing the guy from, um, America's Got Talent, the bald head dude with the one with the glasses, you know, Howie, Howie. There you right? go. So, uh, I can't remember the guy who was interviewing here. I can't remember his name right now, but he was showing him a video, and um, I'm blanking right now. I know who he is, guys, but I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, but he was showing him a video. He was showing Howie Mandel a video of how there was a bunch of newscast stations, and they were basically saying word for word the exact same thing. Now, he showed him 30 different videos, side-by-side comparisons of different newscasters in different cities all across the country, and they said word different for word. Different news networks, I know exactly what you're talking about. Said word for word exactly what they were saying. Each newscaster said every, the exact same thing in the exact same order in the exact same way, right? So what they're doing is, once again, that goes to my point, is that the liberals and the Democrats have such an amazing marketing strategy. Is What they do is that they create this unified message of attack, 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 and then redirect. Right, so they'll attack, attack, attack us, the Republicans, the conservatives, they're like and the shiny re- thing over here, yeah, and then redirect the the hate over back to us, right? So they'll make it seem like they're not doing anything, but everything that they're actually blaming us that we're doing is what they're actually we, doing. Uh, they don't want this infrastructure bill, but it has some money in there for LGBT rights, so they're all bigots. Yeah, no, they're, and, they're, and, they're and that's the thing, right? And then that's what problem with camps culture right now is that people would, you know, we we start noticing these things, we start wiping our eyes and start seeing the. We started taking our glasses off and start, you know, wiping them and start noticing what's really going on behind the scenes. And then when you start saying something about it, that's when you, oh, no, block, 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 cancel, Joe. You shouldn't say that. You shouldn't say that. Or now you're a conservative. You're a bigot. You're a fascist. You're a racist. We're going to take your job. We're going to stop you. We're going to take you away from your family. Like there's been legislation pushed in California that essentially says if you misgender somebody, you could be getting jail time. It's what's happening in, in Canada. And it's crazy. But How is it that I I don't know what the hell you identify as? You know, and that's the problem with having so many freaking pronouns and having so many gender I identify as an Apache helicopter, man. How the hell am I supposed to? <laughs> exactly. How am I? Okay, you and I never met each other a day in our life. I'm walking into a Starbucks trying to get a coffee. I order a coffee from you, and this is a video that actually just happened. I don't know if you yeah, also saw that exactly one, too. But I don't know what you identify as because nowadays in 2023, there's a million and one different freaking pronouns. So I don't know what to call you. So I'm going to call you what you look like. You look like a he, so I'm going to call you like a he, right? So why is that so bad? Now, so what, so what is it now that every transgender person should start wearing their labels on their forehead because that's the only reason we're not going to hurt your feelings is so that we know ahead of time what you Oh, are. I'm calling it. They're going to they're gonna start having Star of David type stuff on for people. I mean, the, they're essentially going to try and find a way where, you know what? We're going to remove the ability for you to guess. We're going to we're gonna try and educate you again, going back to school stuff. We're going to try and teach you what this is. And if you get it wrong. If you don't want to participate, that's the worst part. If you don't want to participate in that, and Jordan Peterson says this perfectly, you cannot compel my speech. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You should not be able to tell somebody, tell, not allow, like or like even because th- these are God-given rights. You should not be able to tell, force, judiciate, legislate, 
people's thoughts and words. Because if that's what happens, that's when you get true fascism. That's when you get a, a communist state that the only thing, the only thing that allows you to breathe, eat, sleep, live is the state. Mm-hmm. And remember, the, the Constitution is built on one thing, one thing alone. The government does not have its own power. The power is given to it by the people. And the yep. people have its power from the right, from, from God. Mm-hmm. And if you're, uh, you know, you don't believe in God, fine. Your, your rights are from the natural order of evolution. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. no one was, no one gave anyone anything mm-hmm. except the people giving the power to the government for, for the government to govern them as they see fit. And truly, I think it's starting to get to a point where people are forgetting that you can't be canceled from the government. You can't be canceled in society if you don't allow them. And I truly mean don't allow them. We're starting to see pushback. We're starting to see states and governors, thank God DeSantis actually decided to do something. <laughs> Legislatures push forward and say, you know what? Screw it. We don't care if you like it or not. We're going to go ahead and put conservative values first. And if there is retribution to be had, let, let there be retribution. Exactly. And, see, and that's the problem that and where, where some of these people who end up have, who end up being victim of cancel culture, instead of just embracing it and just letting it be because what can you said what you said because you believed it and now you're going to back up because what you've heard a couple feelings come on now own up to your you know own up to your ish right be be, if you said it be proud about what you said right own it embrace it right and a lot of people and if you're right don't back down ever don't apologize and don't apologize for it right be unapologetic about what you say because what we have as human beings as individuals is our beliefs and our word and if we have to stand strongly behind those things because if we can't stand strongly behind our own words and what can we do in our lives how strongly what what can we really stand strongly behind that? and and you see this in especially in our youth and this is my call especially on our, on our first real podcast here my my call to action uh, i guess is a good way for us to close out mm-hmm. is if you're below the age of 30 if you're be above the age of 18 or 18 and up you know when you're voting age get involved and keep asking questions don't ever ever let anybody tell you well that's just the way it is well i'm a doctor so you need to trust the science well i'm a i'm a teacher so you need to believe everything i've said i'm your boss you either take what i tell you to take or you don't have a job never lay down just because it's the easy way out being a conservative has never been easy being someone who fights for what is true is never easy you can take it biblical and say you can take the Jesus route if you want. He had to die for our sins. Do you think that's an easy way out? Of course not. You can take it. You can take it all the way to the uh, the swimmers that were going against uh, Leah Thomas. They're not taking it easy. They're going against the NCAA and literally going up against the government to try and ban that uh, ban that person and ban that uh, group of people from participating in, in in their realm of sports. We're talking about. No fear. There will always be someone against you. Think of it this way. You can do amazing and great things or you could be the worst person on the planet. No matter what, someone's going to find a way to come after you. Someone's always going to have a, find a, a problem. So you might as well find a, find people that don't like you because you're talking about the things that you believe in. Fight for your own truths. Fight for, fight for what's real. 
And what what's going to happen is at the end of the day, not only your th- your true friends, your family, your your inner circles, your your social group, you'll start finding who really connects with you and what kind of community you can have. And we want a good, strong, conservative community, but you can't have that by being afraid and stepping back. You have to push. You have to be vocal. You cannot let these people tell you that you are not worthy, that you're an ism, you're in some type, some type of uh, identity politics uh, taboo. Fight for what you believe in. Get active in, in campaigning. Get active in your local politics. M- go and meet your local politicians. Don't ignore it. Because what we always hear about our, with our youth is politics doesn't really affect me. I don't care about politics. But here's the general definition of politics. It's politics is the laws of life. The laws that govern your life. Don't ignore them. Don't just say they mean nothing because one day they will become something and it'll be too late for you because you never paid attention. But I just want to say, you know, in the end, take action and uh, talk to the people around you, kind of like how we did tonight. Johnny, thanks a lot, man, for coming yes, in. Yes, sir, absolutely. And, uh, you know, telling us your story and what, you know, what made you shift. Uh, just want to say thanks again to the Polk County Young Republicans for uh, putting this together for us. This is the Red Print Podcast, and we will see you next time.